And welcome, everybody, to the second episode of the new Improved Wiz Wit Pod, breaking down all the news from the best sports city in the world, Philadelphia. I am your host, Anthony, and with me is Matt. Matt, what's going on, brother? Not not too much, man. I guess we should appreciate maybe our last Wednesday here uh, while it, we still can. <laughs> it is the last Wednesday, which is just totally just sad i took him out of our overlay he's still in the intro i still kept him in the intro because i felt like i needed him you know what i mean right. i just that's my man i love carson um it's crazy this guy still getting butchered and and ripped down and torn down when he hasn't said a word still yeah. now chicago fans are tearing him down like it's it's insane I didn't expect us to actually go two weeks without an episode because we really thought that Wentz was going to get traded like that week. The yeah. rumors seem to be picking up now, right? The rumors right. seem to be picking up that Wentz to the Colts is looking more likely. So what do you think about that? We'll start with Wentz. I don't want to spend third, you know, 45 minutes on Wentz because we could. We'll spend 10 minutes on him and then we'll get to moving because there's other sports to address and other Eagles news to address. So what yeah. do you think of Wentz not being moved? Do you think how he's playing a chess game or do you think how he's hurting himself? I mean, at this point, it, it seems like the, the more this drags on the worse, how he has to look because I mean, it, it already looks bad for him no matter what. I mean, you have a franchise quarterback, you just signed him to an extension. You gave up a lot to get him. And now after one bad season, you're parting ways. So this is already kind of a, a, blemish on the Eagles front office as it is um, the returns I'm hearing from the Colts doesn't sound great um, certainly not what you would want to get back from a guy like Wentz um, so it's it's just it's just looking bad two, two second rounders right right that's what I'm hearing I mean listen it's not what I want for Carson but I'm someone who doesn't want to get rid of Carson so right. don't ask me about Carson because I'm going to say you should keep him and get rid of Howie but Hundred percent. He's gone, right? He's gone. It's confirmed. He's going to be leaving. Yeah. I just don't think Howie thought it through because you should have valued this guy a little bit more. I think benching him hurt him, right? Yeah. So if you were going to trade him and you went into this offseason knowing, hey, maybe we're going to hand the keys to Jalen, which we're going to get to in a couple minutes. Why don't you let the guy finish out the season? Maybe he turns it around a little bit, and now you have more trade value, right? You right. have a backup quarterback that you're asking for a first-rounder. Like, technically, he's a backup right now. Yeah. I mean, 
his value, his stock has never been lower at this point. So I, I appreciate how he wanted to get the first round pick, but I think everyone kind of knew that he wasn't going to fetch that return from a team that, you know, at this point, Wentz is still kind of in the driver's seat with this because yeah. he can always make it known, hey, I'm not, I don't want to go to this place. And then this place isn't going to trade for him, which is kind of what we're hearing might happen with Chicago. Yeah, but, but I don't see Carson being that guy. And I think this is more of the media taking this hero and turning it to a villain because they he's leaving Philadelphia. So you got to hate him. You have to, right? Because he's leaving. Right. I mean, but, all Carson has done in the last couple of weeks is donate money to charity, yep. like give food to homeless people and congratulate a teammate for Carson. Carson is great for, for just all of the intangibles that you need of off the field people to look up to. I think Carson's great. He hasn't said a word about being traded. Does he want to be traded? Probably, right? I'm not going to say, hey, that guy doesn't want to be traded. I don't right. think he's shutting down going to Chicago. Chicago was a playoff team, right? Right. Why would you not want to go to Chicago? Obviously, Indy's a better fit for him. But if you want out of Philly, he, I don't think he's one to block a trade. And guess what? If they bring him back, I don't think he's the one to cause drama. Right. I, I definitely don't think that would happen. I mean, if he came back, I don't think that he would dwell on everything that has happened in this offseason. He probably addresses it once and then moves on, which is kind of what Wentz does in his press conferences, mm -hmm. which is why it's weird to me that people seem to want to hear him speak so much when he's always just been about accountability. I mean, what would have changed at this point? Exactly. And I just believe that Howie has held his cards too long and it's costing him. Now, if he would have just did the deal with the bears, let's say last week, none of these reports come out to scare anyone. You know what I mean? And then you just get the deal done. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid that media is going to scare teams away. Yeah. And I think that's what media is trying to do because everything I read online says like Chicago fans don't want him. Right. Indy fans are craving this guy, yeah. but my question, and then we're going to move on because I, you know, I'll, we'll probably be live next week talking Wentz, even though this is a bi weekly show. Because if he, when he gets traded, we're doing a show. Yeah, we have it's to. That's simple. But my question is if Howie Roseman thinks this guy is worth a first rounder, why isn't this guy worth fixing? Why isn't it worth fixing his relationship, fixing his form, getting him back to 2017? Should I would take 2019 Wentz? If he is worth that much, why aren't you treating him like he is worth that much? Right. I mean, it, and if you're making it known that you're willing to just eat dead salary to get rid of the guy, I mean, that tells most teams all they need to know. Like, yep. if you're willing to do that, I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it has to be for a good return. At this point, it seems like it just has to be done, period. So, well, like, well, that's, that's the issue. I mean, it's drug on so long yep. that – it, I mean, we were talking about this the day before the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. We were talking about this the day before the Super Bowl, and we're still going. And the Super Bowl, to me, exposed a lot about the Eagles, right? Because Patrick Mahomes, who is the best quarterback I've seen with my two eyes, looked human in the biggest game because he did not have an offensive line. Right. But then people are going to turn and go, well, Carson Wentz led the league in sacks. And he had 13 different offensive lines right so if 
Patrick Mahomes, who is the best QB in the game, the best player in the NFL, going to go down as one of the greats, can't get it done without an offensive line. Don't you think that kind of proves the point? Right. And the sack narrative, I mean, they came out and said that Wentz was responsible for 11 sacks this season. He was sacked how many times? 55? Yeah, 53 or something. Yeah, like something crazy. I mean, that already just shows you that he's running for his life as it is. So if he held on to the ball too long, 11 times out of 55 times, then those other 44 times, that's an issue. And that's not on Carson Wentz. So to me, it's you might be playing scared because you don't have protection. So when you have a clean pocket, you're expecting bad to happen, right? Right. That's kind of why I think Wentz was inaccurate and Wentz did have a bad season because he was getting hit so much. He was just expecting it to happen. He was in his head about it. And I think, you know, I'm not going to sit here and defend him. He was horrible this year. And I tried to defend him, and I was okay with them benching him for a game. I wasn't okay with them benching him. I thought they were going to do the McNabb kind of, you know, you sit him down, and then you go, okay, it's your team. We just needed you to to, to come back down to earth. I'm hearing a lot about Carson Wentz's ego that I've never seen. I, I think this guy's had, which is weird because this guy was welcomed with open arms, literally red carpet rolled out for him. And then just because he got hurt in the Super Bowl season, everybody turned on him, right. which is insane because without 11 and two, him starting without home field, which he got us, we don't win a Super Bowl. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, without that touchdown pass on his torn ACL, yep. you probably don't beat the Rams that week. And then it's mm-hmm. all done. I mean, that's, that's a totally different landscape. Because that right there was for the number one seed, pretty much. Yep. I mean, I just don't know. I just I'm afraid of what this Eagles team is going to look like for the next three to five years. And now we're going to get into that part, right? Because the rumors. I mean, the draft's coming up two months away, but the rumors are rampant already that Howie Roseman doesn't think Jalen Hurts is the option at quarterback, and. I don't know how he knows this through four starts in the league and he might draft. He might trade up from six to three to draft a quarterback. I want to get your, your, uh, your thoughts on this, because if this doesn't paint Howie Roseman as the biggest do not in town, I don't know what will. I mean, so we're already questioning the pick as it was when he took Jalen in the second round. I mean, Mm -hmm. you like, regardless of what you think about Wentz, I think everyone, when that pick happened, was like, why? Why? So if if we're not going to at least give him the keys for a season, then there was really no point for that pick to be made at all. And it just continues to show that Howie, for, you know, the as good as he is at certain things as a He's GM. great salary cap. Great at the salary um, cap. I mean, but but when it comes to drafting, it, it's just miss after miss. So I can't trust him to even if he does trade up to the third pick overall to even make the right pick in that instance. I mean, it's it seems like no matter what he does, he's just going to continue to try to outsmart someone. So when he yeah. gets that hit finally on a draft pick, he can say, I told you. Yeah, but here's the thing is he drafted Jalen Hurts because he didn't want to make the Russell Wilson mistake that he made so many years ago, right? The guy has started four games, right? 
This organization, and I love the Eagles. They're my favorite sports franchise in the world. I will do anything for the, for the birds, right? This is embarrassing because yeah. not only did you break one quarterback, right, and send him packing, you're already playing the mental games with Jalen Hurts, who has four career starts, is like 23 years old, and you're playing the game with him, right? Looking over the shoulder. Are you going to be the starter? Are you not? It's what the Phillies did with Dominic Brown. Dominic mm -hmm. Brown was touted the prospect of prospects, top prospect of the decade. He came up. He looked good. You know what they did? They sent him down. He came up. He looked good. Then they sent him down. Then he finally gets to play, makes an all-star team, gets hurt, and then they keep him down. And it's like, yeah. what? It's it's just that kind of like Ruben Amaro thinking is what I'm what I'm thinking is what like Howie Roseman's doing right now. Yeah, it's it's just an absolute mess. And I'm I'm certainly not sold on Hertz, believe me. No, I'm, I'm not either, but give but, him a shot. Right. I mean, at this point, to go into the draft and take a QB in the first round seems like a miss because if Jalen is not your guy, you're going to be picking high again next year anyway. So let's surround him with some talent. Let's see what he does. If he sinks instead of swimming, then we know. But we have to know for sure that Jalen is not the guy moving forward before we just say he's not the guy. And I totally agree with that. It, you're going to stink, right? If he's not the guy, you're going to stink, right? If you're not getting Trevor Lawrence, right, why are you doing it? Right. Right? Because I don't think Justin – I mean, Justin Fields had a great season. I don't, I don't think he is – I don't think he has the intangibles – of Trevor. I don't think he has the intangibles of Joe Burrow. I don't think he has the intangibles of Justin Herbert. I think he's a good player, mm -hmm. but he's not a can't miss talent. And a right. lot of people thought, you know, Jared Goff and Carson Wentz were these can't miss talents. I could have told you there was flaws in their game coming out, mm -hmm. right? Joe Burrow before the injury, I mean, that guy, when I watched him in college football, I said that is a that is a pro quarterback. That is a pro like all pro pro quarterback. Mm -hmm. He just made throws that you couldn't believe. He read the defense properly. And it's like, if it's not one of those guys, right? If it's not someone on that level, if it's not a Peyton Manning level, right? don't do it. Don't yeah. because you have an aging offensive line, which we saw kill us this year. You have an aging defensive line. You know how the Buccaneers won the Super Bowl? Linebackers. You have zero. Right. They also won with some receivers who can create separation. Again, we have zero. I mean, it, it. there's so many holes at this point on this Eagles team that to take a QB in any round before maybe round five where you might want to take a project is just foolish because you need to start addressing these holes that you've created over the years. So you run Wentz out of town, right? You run Wentz out of town. Um, you, you make him look over his shoulder because you draft Jalen Hurts second in the second round. And now you might not be sold on Jalen Hurts. What does that say? What does that say? What does I don't that know say? How the writing isn't on the wall for Howie Roseman at this point. I mean, he, 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 he looks, like, he looks like an idiot. Yeah, he has to absolutely crush this draft for the fans to have any faith in him. And if he takes a QB in round one, then he's already lost them. There's no QB that I want that's not named Trevor Lawrence in line in round one. Right. I'm, I'm not. I'm going defensive back or I'm going wide receiver. Yep. My you need pick. a wide out. 
And but here's the thing: you've drafted wideouts, right? And I thought John, and then this I had John High Hightower ranked really high, but he he had glimpses this year. I don't think he was that great. Kez Watkins looked great at the end of the season. The tape's still out on Jalen Rager, but Jalen Rager is another guy now that has that obstacle decline because mm -hmm. we all saw how good Justin Jefferson is. Yeah. Right. I mean, CD Lamb looked great. You could have traded up for him. You didn't. So there's a lot of moves that you left on the board that well, are going to come back to haunt you. Looks bad because if you're already throwing away that second round pick from last year and saying we give up on Jalen, that second round pick and your first round pick easily gets you the pick for CD Lamb easily. Yep. Yep. And that's what I'm saying. You took a backup quarterback when you could have just gave him the first and second and got CD Lamb and had Wentz have a weapon that can create space. That's a pro receiver. Greg Ward's awesome, right? I, the story behind Greg Ward is great. Greg Ward is not a Julio Jones, is not a CD Lamb, is not a Justin Jefferson, is not an Adam Thielen. He's not a Brandon Cooks back in the day. He's none of the above. He's not a game changer. Stefan Diggs was out there. We didn't even inquire about him. Right. And, and he changed like, Buffalo's yeah. team. Yeah, people were not sold on Josh Allen as a quarterback. You give him a viable threat at wide receiver. It's amazing. Put an MVP out receiver. You get someone protection and weapons, and looks. look what happens. Right. And that was my thing is, I do I think Doug Peterson didn't have a, a good grasp this year? I think he was checked out. I think as soon as they started losing, I think he didn't give a shit anymore. I right. really – I think – Doug Peterson went into that meeting with all intentions to get fired. Yeah. Because just the way he was with the media this year, and listen, Philly media is the worst, right? And I know we're, we're doing kind of Philly media thing, but right. we're on a different side of it. I'm not running after anyone with a pitchfork that's not named Harry Roseman, right? Yeah. I want to chase Harry Roseman out of town because the proof is in the pudding that you failed time and time again. You've only drafted one pro bowler in seven seasons, and then you're about to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. So, so what have you done? It's you know you got Darius Slay, which is great. You still don't have linebackers. You let Malcolm Jenkins walk. Malcolm Jenkins was the heart of that defense. You let him go. It's just the same stupid mistakes that the Philadelphia Eagles make. And now you're going to tell me, right? You you expect me to be okay with Carson leaving, and I'm good with it if number two is my starting quarterback. Because if you're telling me this is Jalen's team going forward. I will go with it, and I will agree with you because I'm an Eagle fan, and Jalen's a good dude, and he's easy to root for. He is. But if you're going to push Carson out of town to then move Jalen back and put another starter in, I, I don't know if I can get behind it. Like Now you screwed yeah. over two potentially great quarterbacks. Yep. I mean, you, you can't just keep giving up on the most important position way too early. You just can't. One bad season. One bad season for once. That's all talk. Yeah. And four it's, mediocre games for Jalen. I mean Eli Manning had 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 a couple bad seasons, but he also got two Super Bowl rings. So right. at the end of the day, it's people are gonna have bad seasons. People are gonna have bad years, off years, right? Carson right. Wentz got rocked. Who knows if that concussion, that no off season, you know, 13 different offensive lines. We can make a list of excuses. I'm not gonna make them because I know everyone has exhausted them. But at the end of the day, you have to look in the mirror and say, it wasn't just Carson and it wasn't just Doug. Right. It's the people making the decisions up above, right? You signed Deshaun Jackson at 32 years old for three years. You 
paid Alshon Jeffrey after the Super Bowl, which looked great. But then Alshon causes the turmoil in the locker room by going to Jacina Anderson, I think her name is, right? Right. Get him out then. Right. Get him out. Like, that's what was so different about the 16, 17, 18 Eagles is that that locker room, that chemistry, and I think a lot of it had to do with Chris Long and those kind of guys, right? They had true leaders, Malcolm Jenkins. They had true leaders, and that was a close-knit group. Everything stayed in-house. Now right. it's just a total clown show, and if I was a player, I wouldn't even look at Philadelphia. Right. Why would you want to at this point? There's I mean, no they, point. There's they clearly show no loyalty to their players. If, if their franchise guy can't even have a, a bad year before they're like, not nah, get them out. Yeah, get up, just get him out. And another guy who I really like, and I think I, I'm on board with this one, is Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is rumored to be moving um, via trade. Actually, a lot of teams might try to package the Wentz-Ertz combo, and I know the Eagles want to so they can get a higher draft compensation, knowing that these two work so well together. Um, Zach Ertz is someone that I didn't agree with asking for more money. I love Zach Ertz, but the tight end is just a revolving door in the NFL. They're great for a couple seasons, and then they kind of decline, unless your name is Kelsey or or Gronk, as we saw in the Super Bowl. But Gronk didn't even have that great of a year. But yeah. I look at people like um, Graham, right? Remember when Graham in New, New Orleans was just a beast? Jimmy Graham right. was just a monster. Yeah. Then what happened? Gets a little slow. You know what I mean? He doesn't. Zach Ertz doesn't have the body size of an Antonio Gates or Tony Gonzalez where he can be great forever. He he barely tries to take contact. He right. touches shoelace, he falls. So I don't know that I was – I don't know if I was willing to give Zach Ertz that money if I'm front office, right? You just signed a contract. Yes, you've been great. This year you stunk, and I know you were hurt, but you stunk. Right. Um, And Dallas Goddard looks better than you. He's bigger. He's stronger. And he's he doesn't go down after catching the ball. He he'll get you ten plus yards. Right. So I don't know. I don't know how you feel about Ertz leaving. I'm sad. I love Zach Ertz, but it's yeah. one of those things where if you treated it like an organization on this whole thing, where it's like, okay, we got our value. Let's move you when you have like a year left of value. I'm good with it, mm -hmm. right? Because this is what the Phillies did. They held on to everyone that won the championship too long. And then by the time they could try to get young, nobody wanted these guys. Right. So get rid of Ertz. Get rid of Cox. If we're rebuilding, rebuild. Right. I mean, we're at that point now with the Eagles where, I mean, they held on to way too many people from that 17 team. Far they too let long. Jenkins go, which I that right. was the only guy. He played 99% of your snaps. Yeah. But, I mean, Peter's still being around last yep. year with a mistake. Um, Zach asking for an extension. I, You know, you understand it. You know, yeah. how many years does Zach have left? Probably not too many. So you have to make your money while you can. So I get it. I get I it. I not him for it at all. But with where the Eagles are going at this point, Zach Ertz probably wants to get away from that anyway. I mean, at this point in Zach Ertz's career, He's probably not there to mentor. He's probably not there to to help with the rebuild. He wants to, you know, get one more, two more shots at glory and then probably retire with his wife and, you know, do their charity thing. Like they they do a lot for the community. So I think that's why it's so tough for Philly to well, see Ertz go because, yeah. I mean, he's just been vocal about how much he loves the city, how much he loves the fans. And we love him back for that. But I think at this point, to be fair to Zach Ertz, he deserves to kind of go somewhere 
that is going to be competitive, and that's not going to be the Eagles and the no. Twilight's career. I, and, and and that's the thing is like I'm okay with getting rid of Ertz. I'm not, you know, I'm going to miss him. I think, but I don't see a value in him over Goddard at this point. No, um, not, not for the money that we have Goddard for. Um, and I mean, if Zach can't stay on the field either, you know, it, his his toughness was always kind of what made Zach Ertz so great. He was always on the field. He got tackled immediately, but he <laughs> at least he took some pops. Yeah, he got hit, right. man. But it is. It, it's just if you're but if you're going to get rid of Carson and you're going to get rid of Zach then you need to start looking to get rid of Fletcher. Mm-hmm. You need to start get, look to, you know, get rid of I would, even slay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got to start. Okay. Our window closed that quick. It's like when the Phillies brought in um, Oswald, it's like they had that one push and then it was like, okay, it's yeah. over. Everyone, Lee got hurt. How they got hurt. They yeah. were old. Howard was hurt. Utley was starting to miss games. Jimmy Rollins was missing games. Victorino got traded. It was like, yeah. Okay. Time to go, you know, time to go. And it, it was tough then, you know, to see those beloved players go. But, you know, as fans, that's just kind of the sport. So, you know, listen, my, my Brian Dawkins, Brian Dawkins got traded, right? I never thought that man should have ever been traded. Yeah. And if he got traded and I'm still an Eagles fan, it don't matter who you trade. I'm going to be an Eagles fan. Right. You know, I, even Carson, who's my guy right now. Um, yeah. If you trade him, I'm still going to support because I love that team. And I, you know, I'm not. I'm not agreeing with the team. I don't agree with anything that the team's doing. No, but no. I love them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunate sometimes that you have to root. I mean, we we sat through the Ruben Amaro years. I was not a Ruben Amaro fan as GM. Um, but I mean, I love the Phillies, so you root for the team despite the ownership, despite management. It's exactly. I hated Brian Colangelo mm-hmm. with a passion. But the Sixers are my team. So, I mean, I, I stuck with him. I hated a lot of the moves that he made, but what are you going to do? A lot of the guys he traded are flourishing. Yeah. Flourishing. All-stars flourishing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But, Thanks, Silver. Yeah. But the process is starting to to pay off, um, and that that's a good transition there because let's talk a little Sixers basketball. Mm-hmm. Two weeks ago, we had a whole different – view of this team as they were winning they were in first place they looked great little skid going on here they dropped three in a row they're playing tonight um who they got houston tonight in tonight no so tonight um but i can't be scared of the regular season in the nba if, if, if you learned anything basketball does not matter until the playoffs right if you get in the door, it doesn't matter. That's all these teams are playing for, you know, and I think that's why people are talking about the Lakers more than the Sixers because the Lakers look like they're in playoff form already. Right. Maybe getting hurt, maybe not now, but the Sixers were looking like they're in playoff form, but we know they're going to start resting people. You're going to get, okay, we are 12 games up on eighth place. Joel Embiid sitting out this night. Ben Simmons sitting out this night because now we're just looking for the dance. Yep. And that's what the Lakers are going to start doing too. LeBron's going to get managed. Mm-hmm. It's, that's the NBA we live in. Yep. I hate it, but that's what we live in. Um, I'm not scared of the Sixers because I've seen so much potential. Mm-hmm. Not only from Embiid this year, right? Embiid is in the MVP hunt. Uh-huh. But Ben Simmons is 
single-handedly carrying that defense. Absolutely. I know the, the standings came out, and he's still behind Rudy. Um, he's number two in rankings. I'd put him number one. Yeah. Because Ben is locking down. And what we're seeing with Ben Simmons, and what I love is his aggressiveness on the defensive end is leading him to be more aggressive on the offensive end. We're seeing more dunks. We're seeing more drives. And instead of kicking, he's taking it up. He dropped 42 the other night, and he looked pretty damn good doing it. 42 wow. without jump shots. 12 from the free throw line, too. Yep. So what do you think about the Sixers? Um, I'm not worried about them. I do think they need to add a couple veterans for down the stretch, especially shooters. Danny Green is like one of the most inconsistent people I've ever seen. Yeah. But he'll hit nine threes and he'll miss 15. Right. What do you think they need? What What do the Sixers need? What What can they do to get deep into the playoffs? I already think they're going to be a, in a Final Four team. I think they're going to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. But what do you think they need to do to push that over the edge? I mean, the, the main thing for them is because I'm not worried either. I mean, a three-game skid in the West Coast is, you know, it, it sucks, but it happens every year. So we see it. So I'm, I'm used to that. But I think the main thing that we've all kind of seen that the Sixers need throughout this season is a backup stretch for because Tobias cannot play all 48 minutes a game. And they need someone on the bench that can facilitate the second unit. And we thought that might be Shake. Shake's kind of regressed back to the mean. Matt Maxie's kind of cooled down. Maxie's cooled well, down. Maxie's getting the minutes that he needs to yeah. apply. What is he getting? Seven, eight minutes now? Nine minutes? Right. Yeah. It's it's on the uptick. So I think he could be something, but not this season, which is when yeah. they would need it the most. Um, so I, you know, you hear the names being floated around. The, the main one that's intriguing is Kyle Lowry off the bench. I would love Kyle Lowry to come back, man. To come back to the city of Philadelphia. Fantastic. Um, you know, Danny Green would have to be a part of that trade package, obviously, for salary purposes. But yeah, Dan, listen, I'll give Danny up. I, I like Curry. I think Curry is playing great. But. Yeah, he is fantastic. And, and Green is just kind of like Robert Covington with worse defense. You know, worse we, defense. That's what I'm going to say. Green couldn't guard me sometimes. We've seen Covington just go on those terrible streaks too, where he'd get booed out of the stadium, and then you know the next night he's coming back and he's hitting six of eight from three. So it's it's just one of those things that I they definitely need someone to relieve Tobias. I know Bielka has been kind of the talk, which would again be fantastic for that um but i don't i don't think there's too much that they have to do to get far into the playoffs um you know it's just a creator and if not kyle lowry bring lou williams home same thing you lou know williams, a guy that can score a guy that can, can facilitate yep um, I, love yeah, it. I, think, I think him and shake in the backcourt off the bench is a really fun mm -hmm. backcourt you know, if they're going to throw shots, they're going to throw shots up. If Green has to be on the move, then you you got to slide Tybal into the start. Um, you know, hope that his offense wakes up because his defense has been phenomenal as well. Mm -hmm. you know, ben and Matisse locking down the backcourts. Matisse really started off really slow this season. He did. Um, found found his footing again. You know what I mean? So again, it, this is we're we're uh, young. We're young. I think Matisse is a scary player if he if he gets that shot going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If he can get that even even a mid range jumper, uh -huh. you know, he could be a very scary asset to this team. And I like Matisse, and that's why I didn't want to see him or Maxi go for 
for Harden. And I, I mean, Harden's doing great, and he's just not my type of player. I don't right. think the city of Philadelphia would like Harden too much either. Um, no. I mean, he's he's not – he doesn't have the attitude that Iverson does. He's He's got a similar style of play. The only person that does – there's two people in the NBA to do, Dame Lillard mm -hmm. and Russell Westbrook. Yep. They're the only two that has that Iverson, eye yeah. of the tiger, Rocky, like kind of – I'm going to just, I'm in there to eat your lunch. You know what I mean? I'm not here for any other reason. Right. Cause I mean, Iverson now probably isn't as beloved for what he did on the court, but the attitude, the electricity, the energy is what always drew fans to him. Cause he, he was, was Philadelphia, man. He was the underdog. Right. He was the, 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 you know, Philadelphia is not the big city, right? New York's the city. Chicago's the city. He was the city, like he was the underdog. That's like, hey, I'm here too, you know. Philadelphia basketball back on the map after so long, and you know, so Iverson's always going to be my favorite player, but it, it's I don't think we need someone like that on this team right now. And the way he plays, no, because Embiid has a little bit of a different personality, right? Um, but he has the swagger. And that's what it comes down to is Joel is so beloved in the city of Philadelphia because yeah. he says what's on his mind. And, you know, it's funny because it's like people thought that that guy didn't want to be here because of the tape delay on right. the draft. And he, he loves it here and he doesn't want to leave and he doesn't want Ben to leave. Right. And it's like, no. And that's my problem with Philly media is like, they're going to try to spin this narrative too. It's like Ben and Ben and Joel don't get along. It's like, how many times do I have to say they love each other and you see them celebrate together and hug each other and, Right. Say they want to be together and, and win championships for the city. Like I mean, Ben's forty-two point performance just kind of shows you how much he loves playing with Joel because he doesn't have to do that. Nope. He knows his point on the court when Joel is there is to facilitate. He can be fifteen and twelve and be happy, and you should yep. be happy with players like that because there is none in the NBA besides Ben Simmons. That's like that just reminds me of like how Steve Nash was and how how um Jason Kidd was. It's like I don't care if I score, right? If we yep. win and my teammates get theirs, that's all I care about, and that's the kind of I want to play good defense. I want to facilitate, and if I need to take a shot, I'll drive in and take it. Yeah. Now, I think Ben's a little timid at that aspect, but I think we're seeing him come out of that shell. Getting there a little bit. Yeah. So I, the 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 process is now progress because mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking this team is very close to a championship. I hated to see Jimmy Butler go. Yep. Because I do think Jimmy had the mentality that would have driven us a little bit further. But yep. that's not saying that mentality cannot be someone like Joel. Or if even if they trade for a Lou Williams, he has that kind of like push through it mentality. Maybe. Maybe you don't need a third star to be your guy. Maybe you just need a veteran leader to help push through. Right. I mean, if your big three is Ben, Joel, and Tobias, I think you're pretty much set. You just need kind of like that Eagles team in 17. You need the voices in the locker room. Dwight Howard's doing a great job of that, even though his court presence isn't what we'd be expecting. I he I looks lost right now. Yeah. He looks so healthy the first couple games, and I don't know if he's just slowing down, but, but you also see him, you know, having fun with the rookies and, and doing shoot arounds after the game. So, you know, if, if that's going to be Dwight Howard's point on this team, I'll take it. Because yep, I think it's very just as valuable. Yep. Just as valuable. Um now, what do you think like 
What, what do you think the Sixers need to add besides a point guard? Because with Dwight Howard not looking as good as we hoped, do they look for another big man? Because they are, if they go up against the Lakers in the finals, let's say, and AD's back and they have who, uh, what's his name? Hartz, Hartzell. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, that's an aggressive. Yeah. That's an aggressive post. Tough front court there. <laughs> who, who's gonna Who's gonna bang in the post with those two besides Joel? I know right. Dwight can, but Dwight can't put the ball in the net. Is the problem? That's and my problem. Right. And then this guy went from scoring thirty a game in Orlando, dunking on people, to he doesn't even put. He just can't put the ball in the net. Right. I mean, he can't handle at all. I, mean, I cringe. Every time he takes a dribble, <laughs> I mean, it's it's almost like he's losing the ball and just it magically comes back to him more than anything else. Maybe it's like the athleticism got him so far because there's like Blake Griffin's kind of fell off and the similar players in my eyes, like they could mm -hmm. jump, they could dunk. And once that and their knees go, yeah, what do you have? You know, like it's not like the Vince Carter story where Vince Carter was the most electrifying man in the world. Notice his knees were starting going, and you saw Vince change, and he started shooting jumpers, and he yep. started playing a short game and the three-point game, and he wasn't dunking. Sometimes he would go up and jam on Alonzo Mourning's head, but <laughs> most of the time he'd be like, no, nah, I'm going to settle for this jump shot. Yeah. And I just don't see Dwight changing his game like that. Like If Dwight could develop a nice little 10-foot, 12-foot jumper, that's all we need. We just need post-scoring that's not Joel. Yeah. You know, you look at the post scoring, it's 48 points and Joel has 41 of them. You're like, okay, we need someone to Joel goes down. We're in trouble. Oh yeah. Absolutely. And I, I want it. Nerland's Noel, not yeah. even just for the offense, because I, I think he's, he's athletic enough to put up eight to 10 a game, but for the defensive end where you lose Joel as well, because Dwight was a defensive player of the year. He's older now. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying I want Dwight to be the best defender, but you need more athleticism down low because now all these stretch fours like the Greek freak are in the, in the house and they can dunk on you or they can run out and hit a three and they're as quick as point guards. Yeah. So if, if Joel goes out and Dwight has to try to, to, you know, cover Giannis or cover Porzingis, <laughs> not happening. He's in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I was really high on the possible return of Nerlens Noel. Um, you know, who knows? I mean, that could still be a, a possibility. You know, another old friend that you've seen float around is Ersan, possibly coming back uh, to fill that stretch four role that we were talking about. Yep. Uh, so I, th I think it's just minor pieces here and there that they really need to to make that team complete because the bench over this three-game skid has just been horrendous. And if you're not getting any production from the bench, I mean, that's why we were winning so many games earlier in the season because the Brent, the bench was giving us, you know. Ignat was averaging 18 points a game at one time. Right, yeah. I mean, so especially that that Pacers game that, that we came back and won. I mean, that the bench had like 52 that game. Yep. So if you're getting that production, you're going to be unstoppable in the playoffs despite what your big three is doing. So if you shore up your bench, I think you're there. And I think that's why Lou Williams is so important to try to get. And the Clippers yep. have him available. Yep. Get him. Whatever. Because you need scoring off the bench. You need it. Yeah. I mean, and he's a shooter. To, he's a shooter. You need shooters. The trade exception still that would take in his salary, you know, dangle, you know, a, an early second rounder, even a first if you have to. But 
I mean, it's going to be a late first as it is for who you, you draft in between 25 and 30. That's going to be as good as Lou Williams is right now to go right. with your team right now to win right now. Right. Yeah. Matt, you got lucky with Maxi. Maxi was yeah. projected at one point to be like a top 10 pick. Yeah. And then just fell. For laps. So, I mean, just you're not, gonna, you're not going to get that lucky again two years in a row, no. three years in a row. This so. is what, and this is what I'm saying with the Eagles too. It's like, if you're going to trade them, just get assets now. Get them because, like, you're going to play the game, right, where you're like, oh, no, we're good, and you're going to sit still too long, and you're going to lose all the value. The Sixers right. are going to lose value with the pick, or someone's going to trade and get Lou Williams, or someone's going to trade and get Nerlens Noel, and then you're like, whoa, who's left for us? And then you're right. left bringing in someone who's not that great. And yeah. the Eagles are going to do the same where it's like asking too much, and now they're talking themselves out of a deal. So yes. it's like across the board in Philadelphia – this has been happening. Mm -hmm. um, I do have more trust in the Sixers yeah. to get it done. I, I I have a lot of trust in Daryl Morey after he rebuilt the whole team in like 36 minutes on draft night. How great um, was that? That was so I'm, fun to watch. Good with what Daryl Morey is going to do. Even you know, it's funny to look back because at at the time when we traded for Seth Curry, I liked getting Seth, but I was like, wow, we gave up the pick and Richardson. Like I thought we would get the pick back. And now when you look back on it with the, the fall off that has been Josh Richardson, it's just I know. And I thought Richardson was gonna be such a nice player. We won that trade in a landslide yeah. at this point. And I thought Richardson was gonna be a nice player. When we got yep. him back for Butler, I was like, Okay. Yep. I can deal with this. I'm a young guy. But <laughs> hey, maybe it's one maybe it's the one bad season rule, right? Yeah. We don't know. Um, but I know last year he wasn't as as good as I hoped either, and definitely didn't look like a starter in the NBA. Um, yeah. Kind of looked lost out there. But I'm, I'm excited for the Sixers. I won't doubt that Maury does something huge. I I could see him gutting a name that, I don't know. I, I, I can see him as he, if he doesn't have to give up Ben or Joel, nothing's off the table. Right, yeah. I think he'd be totally fine with, you know, packaging a shake or a maxi. Um, Tobias. Tobias even. If he can get uh, the right player, he's yeah. going to make a move. He's going to make a move. Tobias having his renaissance season here really helps that value skyrocket because he has been playing lights out under been playing great. And it's, it's comes down to coaching. Yep. Great coach gets the most out of his players. Like I said, last week, um, Brett Brown was great for the process. Yeah. But the yeah. process is done now. I yeah. love Brett Brown, but I mean, you could tell it was just time. He was over his head. Yeah, oh yeah. Like now you have two star players and you have Jimmy Butler, you had three star players, and you had Tobias, who's like an all-star, and you're like, oh shit. Like these guys are just Brett Brown had no control. No, and and he's a good developmental coach to get them to being good players, but he didn't have that to get them from good to great. He didn't have that, yeah. I mean, barring a fucking amazing shot from, from Kyrie or uh, from uh why can't I think of Kawhi? Because he's so silent, no one he doesn't talk. Right. That, that fade away from Kawhi, the Sixers are in a championship. Yeah, oh yeah. Absolutely. So um let's talk about a team that was in a championship in 08 and 09 and has fallen off, but at least we got Bryce Harper. That's our bright spot of right. the last decade. Um the Philadelphia Phillies made some offseason moves. Uh I I Again, I was very nervous because I saw a bunch. Hi, Freddie. How are you, bud? Um, and Jim, thank you. Um, so the uh, the Phillies looked 
lost at the end of last year, right? The bullpen blew like 18 games yeah. of like 60, right? So that's not good. Historically bad. Bryce Harper was hurt at the end. Real Muto was hurt at the end. And they almost willed them into the playoffs with horrible pitching. Mm -hmm. Then the Phillies go, but we didn't make enough money to sign JT Ramuto. All right. Right. That comes out like we're not signing JT Ramuto. And I go, what? Yeah. You're not going to sign the best catcher in baseball. Even if you sign him and then trade him in two years, sign the guy because that's Bryce Harper's boy. Bryce wants him, right? Let's keep your stars happy. And him and Bryce literally, like propelled that team to inching closer and closer to making the playoffs after Reese Hoskins had a horrible year. The pitching was terrible. The yeah. outfield had no production. Luckily we have a nice, a nice rookie with Alex. And then we have DD who played great and he deserved that two year contract that he just got. Yeah. They tightened up the, the, the pieces that they needed to tighten up, which I was happy with. And they've made some bullpen moves. Yeah. I'm not going to speak about the bullpen, right? Because it doesn't matter. Who's back there? Who's there? Bring Madsen back. Bring J.C. Romero back. Bring them all back. It doesn't matter because I can't trust a Phillies bullpen. There's one name I could trust, and that was Brad Lidge. Yeah. Everyone else, I can't trust you. Yeah. I mean, it, I think the moves that they've made have been fine. I've I've long been a believer that Vince Velasquez in the bullpen would be a solid move for them, and I think that's the direction that's going because – I don't need to see Vince Velasquez give four home runs up in the first. Oh, please, no. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, feel like, I feel like he could. Well, now do... you get to see him give up three in the eighth. But right. you know what's funny with him? He, is, he always looks good for three innings. Right. Yeah, like, so a nice middle reliever, or even he has the stuff to do like kind of like a, a Brett Myers and be closer at the end of the season one year just to kind of see how he does. But, um, I mean, uh, the starting pitching, I think, is taking form. The offense is short up. Let's hope Reese's injury is, is healed up. Cause, just, I'm not a Reese guy, but I, I can see why we have him. But You know, I mean, he's he's cheap at this point. Uh, I think he's still under contract for like four and a half. So might as well just kind of go with that production for that price. But if he's looking for an extension, then probably time to move on, um, especially if you know, in the in the twilight years, you want to move JT over to first base. Uh, I think that's a direction that they could go. But it's uh, I think it'll be interesting. Um, you know, like you said, historically bad bullpen. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, but it, I that's been the narrative. That's been the narrative for the Phillies. Like that last season, I think was so bad. You have to believe they they have nowhere to go but up. Uh, holding out hope on that. <laughs> and and Bryce, Bryce looked great in 30 games or 60 games last year. He did. Yeah. I was kind of upset that, I mean, he was injured his back hurt, but I was upset that he didn't get a full season because I felt like it could have been a breakout season. And I'm not saying MVP like numbers, but 45 home runs, you know what yeah. I mean? 120 RBI, you know, numbers that you can't look at and go, that guy's not worth it. Definitely worth the 23 million. Now his contract, seeing what we just paid JT Vermuto looks a lot better. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially seeing what some of these other players are getting. I mean, Bauer getting $42 million a year or something. I mean, that's just absurd, absurd money. Yeah. Uh, so still a question mark in center field. I will address the elephant in the room, which is Odubel Herrera. Um, 
Oh, yeah, they invited him back to uh, spring training. I know a lot of fans are upset about this, and I'm certainly not going to campaign on his behalf because I certainly want him off the team as well. But with the CBA and everything the way it is, they cannot just kind of cut him because the fans want him to. Um, You know, to avoid lawsuits and arbitration and all of that, they have to at least give him a shot. Has he ever found, like, guilty or innocent or? Uh, I think he's in, like, counseling. Charges were dropped. Like, what? I mean, he's still with his his uh, partner. So it's it's one of those things where I understand that the that fans wouldn't want to root for you know someone that can do that because it, it would be tough. You know, it's it rooted for Brett Myers though, so I don't put it past people. So <laughs> I mean, then people turn a blind eye to anything if they produce. Yeah, I guess exactly. so. Mike Vick was a savior of the Eagles for two seasons. So it's like. Mean, is a is a classic example yeah, of that. exactly so um but i understand it um and it's it's unfortunate that we don't just have a center fielder that we can say well this is our guy for sure so sorry oduble you know we're we're letting you go for this reason because can you say that roman quinn's gonna stay healthy for you know even 50 games do you think roman quinn's gonna put up what we saw oduble do oduble was batting near 300 no, absolutely not. And I, I mean, mean, and that's the thing is like, it's like, how do you separate what the person did to having him on the baseball team? To right, like, I'm not, I'm not going to cheer for the guy openly like you, but if he's yeah. on the team and he gives us the best chance of win, you got to put him. I got to, you got to play it. Like, it's, I hate it's, saying it. It's, I hate uh, saying it, right? But you got to play it. That, though, I mean, and, and the, you know, if he's not suspended, right? The right. league didn't fire him. He's not in jail whatever the justice was served, whatever justice might've been agree with it or not. Yeah. It's like, you got to play him then if he's right. on your squad and he, he can produce like, and I don't think Kingery's the answer. Kingery no. gets moved all over and has had, had great pop two years ago. I mean, two years yeah. ago, I thought he was going to be a starter for sure. Great pop last year. No pop. I'll tell you two years ago, my wife and I went to, to Philly over my birthday and we did the citizens bank park tour and I had her take my picture in between Reese Hoskins and Scott Kingery's locker room because I thought this is the future of. You thought it was the new Howard Utley combo, right? <laughs> I was, I was so bought in on those two, and man, have they both fallen off. Um, it's been Hoskins, sad. And, and here's the thing, and this is why I don't understand Philly. And and if you guys are listening to this, even you know the day after at Wizwhitpod on Twitter, please explain how you could turn your back on a guy like Ryan Howard, but all I see is Hoskins jerseys. Right. I mean, but Ryan Howard is 50 times better than Hoskins. The support for him has been unwavering and he's had longer, more ridiculous slumps, slumps than Ryan Howard ever did. I mean, it's one thing to hit into the shift repeatedly, but I mean, he wasn't even making contact with the ball. If, if the shift didn't exist, Howard would have been a 348, I think I read, <laughs> yeah. career batting average. It's, it sucks. 348. Like you see Bryce is kind of like learning to, to hit to that side of the field a little bit. It's if, if Howard could have even done that at like a 10% clip, he started to lay off and, but then he got hurt. Right. And then he was just swinging with arms. Yep. So, I mean, what can you do at that point? If you're a power hitter, it's a shame. He just never got moved to, the American League, so he could DH because he would add a nice twilight to his career as well, kind of like Tomei did. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I just, I just don't see 
the Phillies making much noise this year with the roster that they have. Um, but I could be wrong because in 08, yeah. I didn't expect fucking Eric Bruntlett to be on a World Series team or Pedro Felice or Jeff Jenkins. Jeff Jenkins and Jason. Who was Jason Worth? Who's that guy? He had a nice beard. Yeah. Jason Worth ended up being a savior. Pat Burrow hit 35 home runs that year. Jamie Moyer was 17 and six with a three <laughs> ERA. Like what? So yeah. Sometimes on paper, I thought the Eagles were, were Super Bowl champions on paper this year. I, I was wrong. I Can would... I be wrong about the Phillies the opposite way? Right <laughs> now, I think the Flyers could make the Stanley Cup on paper. Mm -hmm. I think the Sixers on paper could make an NBA Finals. So the two teams that I'm most worried about, I'm seeing promise from the Phillies, signing the young guys, committing to winning, spending money. There's no salary cap in baseball. Spend it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I see the Eagles, which is just total opposite of what, no. what they're doing. No. Um, what do you think is going to be the biggest hurdle for the Phillies besides relief pitching? Do you think it's the center field or do, do you think it's because me, it's, it's the first base. Okay. It's Reese Hoskins. If you're going to, this is his last year, I think on this contract too, right? Yeah, contract. Yeah. Yep. So that could that could play in our favor, or it could be our biggest nightmare. Because then he has a great season, mm -hmm. and then we sign him, and he drops. We've seen that before. But you need production from your first baseman cleanup hitter, right? You need that four spot to knock in runs, not strike out, not hitting the double plays. Just put some pop, pop to the bat, hit doubles, hit home runs. Like you're a power hitter for a reason. I need production and I need a little bit better fielding from that first base spot. Well, I think the the benefit we have with Dombrowski being kind of calling the shots here is if you look in the past, he hasn't been afraid to cash in those chips when he can. You know, he I don't think he gives out the big contract to Reese even with a hot season. I think he's one more that's going to try to trade for assets. Um which is weird cuz if you asked me Three years ago, what team in Philadelphia had the best front office? I would have said hands down Philadelphia Eagles. You yep. ask me right now which one is the worst, and it's the same answer. Exactly. So it's crazy to see how they've they've come. So, but going back to that question with the Phillies, I think at this point it has to be center field. I think that's the only spot in that lineup that is a question mark for me because I think Reese still at least gets enough walks and produces enough contact on the ball that he can at least drive in sack flies stuff like that i want 100 plus rbi this season i would love to see that i want 100 plus like I mean, listen if you're a cleanup hitter yeah i want 100 plus and if he doesn't do that then you know happy trails to reese i would yeah. say um, I mean, I, I, listen i'm good with 90 but like the 60s and the 70s like i'm not yeah, and and I mean, for a while there, it was a lot to do with the team he was battling. Yeah, no one right. getting on base. So and now you don't have, you know, Howard's worst years is when he didn't have protection behind him. Right. So but now when you have McCutcheon, Segura, and Harper in front of you, you know, those guys are getting on base. So now is your time to produce. So I, I get the hesitation with anointing Reese. Do you, think, do you think they can let Reese walk and move Alex to first base? You think that's going to be the play? It could be because I mean his defense at third isn't the that's best. That's a hot corner, man. That's, yeah, I mean that, that's why we took Pedro Felice for like everyone can laugh all yeah. they want with his seven home runs that year or whatever. But right. Pedro Felice was a stud. 
yeah. on D. That glove, man, you nothing, not a lot of errors, nothing got by him. Yeah, I mean, he's and it's a shame because it, the Phillies have been known for having good third basemen for you know stretches. We went from Schmidt to Hollins to uh, I won't say his name, you know, redacted, but you know, good third baseman. And now that that spot since Roland left has just been, yeah, yeah, Smith, point. yeah, Roland. <laughs> I mean, it's, we had Red Franco over there for a little, right? Yeah, I, and Franco I loved, looked great last season. I loved Michael Franco, but I mean, his defense was not his, that great. His defense either. was terrible, but it's like there's a guy you should have kept for some pop, right? I mean, you, you can put Michael Franco at first base and they'll probably play as, as well as Reese. Yeah. I, I totally agree. It's just, uh, it's trying times in Philly because a city that looks so promising, right? A couple of years ago, we thought we we're getting ready for an Eagles dynasty, uh-huh. right? And maybe that's just us winning a Super Bowl and getting ahead of ourselves. We had Jimmy Butler. We thought we had our big three. We were gearing up for NBA finals, right? And then that, that's getting back on track. Yep. The Flyers were the kind of the outlier of like the Flyers and the Phillies. The Flyers were like, oh, they're young. They're young. Well, the Flyers might be the next team to win the the championship in the city. And we're going to talk about them next week. We're going to highlight the Flyers because I really do want to talk about them um, because they have a great young goalie showing a little inconsistencies. But guess what? It comes in time and you only have to be hot. It's like the NBA. You just got to get hot through the playoff. The Blackhawks won with Antiniemi, who looked great that one season and did not look great ever again. Right, yep. we almost won a Stanley Cup with a backup goalie. Yeah. So until it went five hole on Michael Layton, <laughs> um, and Patrick Kane was skating, and I didn't know what was happening, and then they called a goal, and I was like, no. Um, but <laughs> if you asked me this two years ago, I'd say the Flyers are the furthest thing from a championship team. Yeah. And I right now sitting here right now, I can honestly say I think they're the closest because I think the Sixers are a great team. I think they're missing the veteran leadership. And I think if they went up against the Lakers, they would get beaten. If they went up against the Clippers, um, they would have a better shot because I don't know who's guarding Joel, but I still think they get beaten. Yeah. So they're missing that one piece. The Phillies are someone or a team that I think three, four years, they might be a playoff team. I don't even know if they'll make the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, I think they'll be fun to watch though. I think they will. And that's, that's going to be kind of the point. And then the good thing for the other franchises in Philadelphia is Philly has always been an Eagles city. Mm-hmm. Eagles come first and in, in the media coverage. Do you remember how great it was when the Eagles and the Phillies just kept trying to outdo each other? Like Eagles right. got Asamoa, Phillies got Pence. Yeah. It was just. What a time to be alive. I know. And so now, I mean, with the Eagles kind of, go in the direction we all see them going these teams are going to start being under the microscope so yep. it's it's going to be interesting to see what the flyers do yep. because a lot of the city's hopes and dreams are going to rest upon the flyers again this season what once once Wentz gets traded and the draft's over and people realize oh shit like the eagles are going to stink yeah i think you what you said is going to come true and, and i think people are going to be watching a lot more phillies games Yep. I think people are going to be watching a lot more Sixers. Like last year, we saw two years ago, we saw a lot more people switch over to the Sixers. Yep. Which I, I don't like the fair weather city, but I get it. Yeah. I don't want to watch the Philly suck for 162 games. Like, right. I'll watch. I, I am dedicating my life to them. When they win, I dedicate my life. 60 games last year. So yeah. I had 100 to it. It's tough. 
when they win, I dedicate my life. I'll go to 20 games a year, right? Oh, yeah. But if you stink and I don't like your product, I'm not going to, but I'm going to still cheer. Yeah. I'll and still be on my TV in the background while I do stuff around the house. Exactly. And that's what I do. I'm not sitting and watching intently like I do with the Sixers, like I do with the, the Flyers. I mean, when, when we get to playoff hockey, Flyers have my undivided. There's nothing like playoff hockey. <laughs> There's nothing like being in an arena during playoff hockey. And hopefully, Hopefully, when playoff hockey returns, we can all be in an arena for it because there's nothing yeah. like it. We went to uh, game four or game three against Montreal the year that they went to the Stanley Cup, and that place was rocking. I'll bet. Rocking. Um, Philly does show out. I went to game five against the Nets when we still had Jimmy Buckets, and that place was – that was the most fun environment I've ever been for a Sixers game. I mean, we, we show out during the playoffs for yep. sure. Yeah. And I think, I think we have the best fan base in sports. Now, why I don't agree with a lot of the views of the fan base. I do think that we as a whole, aren't as fair weather as most places. I right. think we do care, but I think they got to give us a reason to care. And yep. for a while, the Sixers didn't give us a reason to care. And I think for a while, the Phillies until they got Bryce, didn't give us a reason to care. No. I think the Flyers have tried. I think the Flyers have been mo most consistent on trying to win. They certainly have been. And I think now the Eagles, I think a lot of people, and, and it's 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 still an Eagles town, right? But like you said, I think people are going to be like, show me you can win and I'll care. Yep. Because I'm not going to waste my Sundays yelling at the TV for a 2-14 and 14 season. Yep. I get two days off a week. I don't want to spend three, day, three hours of one of those and days. Then, and then guess what? Your Sunday shot. Yep. If you're an Eagles fan like I am, your Sunday is shot because you're like, I care more about the game than they do. Right. I think yeah. after that Bengals tie, that was what broke me this year. <laughs> there was a game last year um, where Wentz put up like 33 against the Dolphins and they lost. Yeah. And I'm like, you put up 33 on the Dolphins. Like, how do you blow that game? Yeah. It was like uh, the one year I was, it was like Foles was up 14 nothing on Carolina. Mm -hmm. And then Carolina came back and beat us. And it was or, like. Jim Jim Schwartz had us doing sticks defense on fourth and yeah. 13. Yeah, fourth and 13, play the sticks. It's like now the guy has fucking six yards of momentum on you. Yeah. Great. <laughs> um, so thank you guys so much for joining us for this, this show. Um, we're keeping it bi-weekly for now. Matt and I talked. We're going to keep it bi-weekly. But if the interest is there and the viewership's there and people are really getting behind this, we will make it weekly. If once gets traded, we will break in and do a, an emergency show. If anything big happens in the world of Philadelphia, we will do an emergency show. Um, hopefully, when things get back, we might start broadcasting at some tailgates every now and then, which will be really fun. Yeah. Um, I have that kind of sitting in the wings. But Hopefully the world's back to normal, but Matt, where can they find you at? Yep. You can follow me on Twitter. It's at three CT, the letter a Philly as in Philadelphia, the number eight. So that's three CT affiliate. You can hear me on Thursdays. If you follow pro wrestling at all, I am part of the three count Thursday podcast. So we talk pretty much all things WWE, but we dip into the Indies when, you know, there are indie wrestling shows to talk about and a W bit and then news and rumors. So, that's at three count Thursday. You can find me there Thursdays at eight. You can find us at WizWid Pod on Twitter and on Facebook. And again, guys, the audio version will be available every 
every week we do the show, so bi-weekly. Um, this Friday, I will be taking a part in a charity stream on twitch.tv backslash Game of Ant or twitch.tv backslash G-Rod. We will be live for 24 hours, which is going to be insane, raising money for mental health awareness. Um, a lot of people are stuck inside right now, and mental illness is on a rapid, rapid growth and we want to stop that we want to bury the stigma it's okay not to be okay it's okay to talk to people we want to bring that to attention and we're going to have fun trying to raise money for a good cause so come by 12 p.m on friday we'll be having sea of thieves i'll be doing a gow stream and we'll be giving away a lot of stuff including blue microphones and and uh pop vinyl figures and t-shirts and and the whole nine yards and then if you guys donate enough I'm going to start putting the six, nine tattoos all over my face. So that alone might be worth it. Um, but thank you guys for this crazy support from the first episode. We really enjoyed doing it. We're happy to be back. I'm happy to have Matt here with me. I think it really adds to the show and it's just the beginning. So thank you guys so much. Follow me at game event on Twitch and on Twitter. And remember happy Wednesday might be the last one. Might be. <laughs>